all of that stuff just goes away. You don't need that. That's the stuff that I'm so passionate about to, to be able to just, I want to enlighten you so that now you know. And at that point, that's the reason why we've said now, Krishna, that we don't sell roofs. This is a service. We empower you with this information and we empower those who want to potentially partner with us or future franchisees. We want to empower you with that information. And at that point, then it's your call. Like we're not selling anything anymore here. And so to me, that's where all that passion comes when I talk to that homeowner or I'm talking to a vendor, a partner, and they see what we're doing and they just want to be part of it. Because what we what you're doing in that community is so incredible with all these stories that I've heard with homeowners and what they're able to do with this other money. So the other driver for me, Christian, it's not about, hey, I want to have two or 300 of these locations all nationwide. It's because right now there's homeowners when people watch this and they go down the street and the roof is loaded. That means that they signed a contract and someone's going to come install that home. I know that they probably spent three to 5,000 more if we were not in that community. So that drive for me is to get the brand into those communities to serve those homeowners to know what they don't know today. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership. Allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. Super excited about today's episode. I've got my co-host Christian Dadalak here. Christian, how are you? Doing awesome as always, man. Blessed to be here. Life is is good. Everything's going well. Everything's going really, really well, man. Excited about some upcoming projects, things going on, a lot of uh, spinning plates moving at the same time, but that's good. That's how I like it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Well, I see you all over uh, TikTok putting out great content. And, you know, I just put out a post today that was about um, the internet. In 1994, there was a news channel and they're like, what's the internet? I don't think it's going to be a thing. And, uh, you know, about how like then it was Facebook, only young people are on Facebook. Then an Instagram, only young people are on Instagram. Uh, now TikTok, only young people are on TikTok. But the truth is, there's actually much more uh, people on TikTok than ever. The audience is going up and uh, I just think you're doing a great job with what you're doing with that content. Thanks, man. It's going to be a lot more consistent, a lot more strategic moving forward very, very soon. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Awesome. Well, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest today, the founder and CEO of The Roof Resource, Mike Harvey. And Mike has gotten into franchising somewhat recently, but he has created a business that is disrupting the roofing industry. I had a call with Mike a few weeks back and was really excited about chatting with him and learning about his business because it's very unique and different. And we are excited to share his story and business together on this episode. Mike, how are you? Great. Uh, thanks, Dan and Christian for having me. And I'm very humbled to be in your company. Well, we've been having fun pre-recording. Uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but some of the jokes you were chatting about, hopefully they come out on this recording. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see for sure. <laughs> we'll play it by ear, huh? I mean, I, I love the one you told. Maybe maybe that'll come out, but 
<laughs> but yeah, Mike, I mean, for those of, uh, those in our audience that maybe don't know, you aren't familiar with, with your work and your background. I mean, sounds like you've had a, an extensive career in the sales world and home services. And so, you know, we don't want to do your bio for you. I think there's no better person to explain kind of what your background is than you. So would love to learn a little bit more about how you got your start in business and, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, great. Um, you know, so kind of real cliff note kind of thing. Um, most of my career was in, you know, sales management. Uh, I worked for um, a, a top internet company called Wow for many, many years. Um, was able to help scale the organization, um, build out sales teams, and create sales systems and processes that I then was to take it across the country. Um, and then we employed it into 10 states and 17 markets. Um, it was a fantastic career with the company. Um, learned so much from my mentor, who I still talk with this day, is Colleen Abdullah, um, an amazing woman, amazing insight, leadership, and a lot of what she impressed upon me during that time is what I still utilize today. Um, and then uh, I had left that um, company. I worked about a year. Uh, with another company in the telecom industry doing contract work for a year. And then a, a young man um, who worked for me, um, was one of the top sales guys, kept on asking me about getting into the roofing industry. And, you know, everyone who knows me, I you know said, hey, there's a million ways to make a million bucks. And I'm just, I'm not interested in the roofing industry whatsoever. I'm afraid of heights, you know, so, hey, I can't do it. <laughs> And he called me at the right time, though, because I transitioned out. I started a consulting company from sales. And I said, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. So let's do something and let me just go out. And so, and again, many people have heard me say, you got to get uncomfortable. It's, it's, that's where you grow is getting uncomfortable. When, every, when everyone's in that, um, you call it the, uh, the, um, the comfort zone, you're not growing. So... The next three weeks after we partnered up, you know, we did $186,000 in three weeks. And at that point, it wasn't about so much the money. It was really about the dynamic of this is a retail sale happening at the home. It's not about the roof and the shingle as much as creating the influence and creating the trust and having that conversation at the table that you can get people to sign. So over the next nine and a half months, you know, we did almost a million dollars together, just the two of us. But that's when I, that's when I was like, I'm part, I'm becoming part of the problem. I'm not the solution. Even though that I thought I was the solution to go into the home, I said, I'm not. And um, I've listed on the web, our website, theroofresource.com, uh, the, my Jerry Maguire moment, I call it. When I walked out of a home and I just said, I can't do this anymore. This is not right. You know, I'm $13,000 for this roof and I can install it for 6,200 bucks. That's just not right. Um, and on the heels of that, um, last piece here was, which was the significant part was I had family that needed roofs done and they live uh, back to back like neighbors. And while I was installing their roofs, I remember the day that I stood in the driveway and I looked at my grandmother's home and I said, you know what? This would be really cool if I could deliver this experience to complete strangers 
and give strangers cost for their roof. And that was the moment that I then spent probably three and a half to four months just what I would always say is wave the magic wand. How would you do it without any other outside influences? And I created the roof resource. It's fantastic. So uh, let's dive into that a little bit more. I think when a lot of people think of any contractor having, if you've ever used a contractor, most people immediately think, uh, <laughs> they're unreliable. They don't show up on time. If they do show up, they're smoking on the job. Very unprofessional in many cases. Don't answer the phone. So th- all of that stuff, I think, is pretty common knowledge. But what are some of the other key problems within the roofing industry that you felt like you were being a part of the problem? And then you had your Jerry Maguire moment where you're like, I- I'm-, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't think that this is the right thing to do. There's a better way to do this. But what were what were some of those problems where you're like, I mean, obviously, you mentioned, wow, the, the cost of-, of this roof is is you know minimal compared to what we're charging for it. Um, but can you just walk us through that a little bit and, and what you see as being some of the major problems within the roofing industry that you're looking to address? Yeah. So first of all, you know, it's the 800 pound elephant and everyone is, what's this cost going to be? What's that price going to be? And then it gets into trust. You know, can I trust that these people are going to do a good job? It's promoted it throughout every industry almost that the homeowner needs to go out and get three minimum, three quotes from three different companies. And so you have homeowners spending six to eight to 10 hours meeting with different companies who are then proposing different products because they have their own vested interest in this brand. So now this Wonder Bread is the best slice of bread that you'll ever taste. Don't think of you know um, Aunt Millie's bread. This is the bread, right? And so you've got confusion going on there. You've got price confusion. And so what happens is that then the homeowner is like, well, then who do I choose? And they've been coached, throw out the highest, throw out the lowest and go somewhere in the middle. And so as homeowners continue to meet with another great contractor, they're going to have their purview on it because the the industry rate is so high. The, the, the profit margins are so high. And again, I'm not taking away from any company that's doing it the regular retail way. That creates all this confusion. What brand do I have? Why? What is the warranty like? What's the workmanship going to be like? You know, What do I get to choose? Why do I get only choose this brand and only a couple different colors of shingle? Why can't I choose from every brand? And there's all this interest that the contracting company has. And so they have set this up so that when they come in, it's about how do I get Christian to sign with me today? What can, what kind of influence can I bring in that hour to two hour meeting that's going to make you feel comfortable? And I'm going to give you a price. And most people have heard this before. Well, Christian, what was the price that you expected to pay for a roof? That is probably the most important and and damaging question that a homeowner can answer because it really sets the tone of where, well, I thought this roof was be 18,000. Jeez, now it's I've got this customer. Because if I can say, hey, I'll put a yard sign in your yard and save you 500 or 1,000 or give another 1,000 or $2,000 off, the homeowner doesn't know what they don't know. And so now you're thinking, 
wow, that sounds like it's a really good deal. And I like Christian. I like Dan. You know, they're good guys. Okay, let's do it. And that is what every homeowner goes through every single time. Yeah, it's like never be the first person to throw out the number, right? Because then it anchors it in and, you know, and it's very easy to fall back and say, oh my gosh, they just led with this massive number. And then you look at, you look like the hero if you could cut it by, you know, any re, you know, very minimal amount. And then you look like you're Gandhi basically. And in reality, you still, you know, you're still making off like, and I, I'm, I'm all for people making money in business and, you know, provided you're doing the right thing for the customer and all of that. So I'm not going to harp on that, but I do think that from a, from a consumer advocate standpoint, making sure that the consumer knows exactly what they're getting. They can compare apples to apples. And I think that it's kind of like me with a car. If I go into an auto dealership, I'm not a car guy personally. I don't know what the heck is going on under the hood. You could tell me anything and I'd be like, okay, I guess that's what it costs. Right. And I think it's probably very, very similar in the, in the home services space. And more specifically, it sounds like with roofing. It is. And so <clears throat> when you have, it's the biggest fear, right? Because it's also one of the biggest investments. After you purchase the home, it's my roof. And, you know, they, neighbors start talking to neighbors and I paid 30,000 and the prices are all over the place. They're, and they, and it's so confusing. And so the roof resource removes all the confusion, removes all the complexity, is completely transparent, allows homeowners to see where every dollar is being spent. And we do it virtually, which then people, you know, respectfully are going, how do you, you know, I just had talked to customers yesterday. They're like, how are you going to, how are you going to measure my roof? And you're not coming out again. That's the older way of going out and throwing a tape measure on the roof. And there's roofing technologies and systems that we have in place that we're able to do that. And so it's, it's changing. And also in that we went through, obviously in 2020, there was, you know, a massive, um, you know, uh, COVID. Um, and that really changed this dynamic of people not wanting to interface with anyone. And how are you going to do that? And so um, I think all generations started getting used to Zoom and Google Meet and Microsoft Teams and companies were able to adapt and evolve to create great efficiencies over you know, meetings like this. And so my company, we embraced all those tools and all those things to bring about a service for homeowners. I think that like when you think about price transparency or like the idea that pricing and price transparency continues to emerge, I mean, really roofing just has not caught up to that level of transparency that most products and services have now, right? And so you're you're providing people with that transparent pricing structure, which is just the trend across all business, right? Look at look at hiring, right? When you hire people. Remember like back in the day, I remember my dad used to say like, oh, you can't talk about your salary. You can't talk about my salary with my coworkers. That's like, a, a, you get fired for that, right? Now it's like illegal, I think. I don't know if it's illegal, but it's highly frowned upon for an employer to tell someone they can't talk about their salary, right? So transparency and pricing and products. So to me, roofing just catching up to that. Um, and Mike, when we spoke last, like, I didn't realize as I learned about home services across all types of home services that roofing, I mean, roofing is probably the most cutthroat sales driven business, knocking on doors, trying to sell you the roof, chasing storms. I think it's an amazing business. Um, I love it very much. But what you're doing is you're providing a just 
to the point. Here's what it costs. You're going to, you're going to do everything on your own, but we're going to guide you on how to do your roof properly. Well, and, and matter of fact, Dan, um, we're going to do it for them. We, we hold their hand through this whole process. So they're not actually doing anything. They're not having to contact a roofing company. They're not having to worry about a permit. They're not having to worry about the dumpster company. We have all of our preferred partners. They're already, we, we line it up and all they're doing is just saying, sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, this looks great. Right. Um, their only, their homework is that they actually get to take time and shop the best quality roofing systems. When they go to our website, they click on choose my shingle, they get all the top brands and they actually get time. I've had one of our clients, Emily, it's all let's say her first name and bless her heart. She took, she had five quotes, by the way, five estimates. We were 4,500 less than her lowest estimate. So she had them from about 14,000 to 27,000. And we did it for like 9,100 or something. But then she took three weeks, which was great. She took three weeks because her and her husband were, you know, the, the siding of the house was a certain way and then had some brick exterior. And so they really took their time to think about what shingle is going to look the best rather than the other way, which is when someone's there, they're there to pretty much get your signature and you're picking a color right? and they're locking it in and then you're gone. So, so it's another level of service that we provide is that they can actually take their time and, you know, go into our, uh, the building supply houses, uh, which a lot of people don't know that you can do and take boards home and get more familiar um, with the shingle if you want to. And we've done 250 homes already. And I would say maybe five or six customers wanted to go into and actually see the shingle. They're more or less just, hey, I want to see the color. I want to see how it, you know, it's going to look on my home. So, and they lean on us for that. But we are, we're a full service. We handle everything. It's just that we do it a little bit differently. Not to get into some of the secret sauce here, but we do it a little bit differently. And of course, we're, we're in that FDD mode right now. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's, Right. It, when you read the reviews, you'll you'll see the reviews, and they'll be like, "The process is so easy. It was simple. It was fast. Uh, very communicative." Um, and at the end of the day, it feels so good because I want to say now, uh, Dan and Christian, we are over one million dollars of saving homeowners. That's from their lowest estimate. Wow. So I've had clients signed on the dotted line. Within three days, right of precision here in Michigan, call and cancel because I'm saving them thirteen thousand from the deal that they were just about to pay, and that's just one of many. And so when these homeowners call you up, and it kind of you know, it's like you know, when you're doing the right thing, it really does move you, you know, because it's not about the money; it's just about do the right thing. And I get a little choked up with that because when they're like. Mike, thank you so much. I can take my mom to Hawaii now. Mike, I'm, I put in a pool. It's on my site. You know, I, I put in a pool for my kids. They're the benefactor of what you did for me. That is like amazing. You know, that, that, that was, that to me is like more so than what we're doing. So. I love that, man. I think that, and we were just talking about this. I think it was before we started recording, but how the, the further up you go in business, the longer you've been in business, the, the more humble and the more that I've found and that you seem to have found 
the more that they really seem to care about people doing right by the customer, providing value, doing what's right by their employees, not all the time, but I, I can just hear that in, in your, in your heart. And I think that those are the types of people that really make it up to the, to the upper echelons. You're not going to last a whole lot in business, especially with the way business is done today. If you don't truly care about people, if you don't care about your team, if you don't care about the end user and the customer and really changing people's lives in a positive way. So I, I think that, um, it's awesome to hear your heart. And, um, I think that that more people in business should be like that. And they should lead with the fact that, look, you're here to make money. There's nothing wrong with that, but you can, uh, I follow Andy Frisella, big time entrepreneur, uh, owner of a supplement company called first form. And he always talks about ethical entrepreneurship, doing things the right way, the right time, uh, treating people right, being radically transparent. And I, I think that that, I mean, it seems like you, from what you're telling me, you check all of those boxes in terms of what you're delivering for people. And I think we're in the 21st century and you're helping, you know, almost dinosaur type industries get caught up to the point where, you know, transparency can really abound, which, which I think is phenomenal. So kudos to you, man. Yeah. Transparency too. Like, it's interesting. Like I was just learning about Thomas Scott. He's a, he's a great home service platform uh, guy. And he, him and I were having a conversation about the generations and basically like stereotyping or generalizing, of course, but not stereotyping, generalizing that like baby boomers have a certain way of thinking and obviously, and then Gen X and then millennial and then Gen Z. And I think on the millennial slash Gen Z, especially Gen Z segment, um, the transparency is not even just a a nice to have anymore. It's a, it's a need. And when you think about millennials, I mean, it's funny. I was just talking about this conversation. Like I'm at the age where like a millennial, there's no young millennial anymore, right? Like I'm a millennial. I'm 30. I'm the young end. I'm almost Gen Z, right? So millennials are buying houses. They're selling houses. There's millennials almost, you know, retiring, right? So this idea that millennial is young is, 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 is just kind of outdated. But anyway, they're making decisions on transparency. But when you look out in the horizon and you look at five, 10 years from now, when Gen Z becomes the prominent home buyer, they're going to be even more reliant on that transparent model. So I think that that's a great uh, thing to look at. Cause I mean, when you're starting a business, you should look at the forecast 10 years out, not today and what, what, what it was, right. That's, it's silly. You got to look ahead. So, right. And Christian, you had said it. It's um, you know, it's uh, an industry. It's a fifty-six billion dollar industry, and it's you know that's where when I was you know in the corporate world, I was scaling sales systems and you know taking it into Cleveland, Columbus, Huntsville, um, you know, Florida, uh, Pinellas Park, taking that everywhere and and changing the way people were going about their sales processes, right? And so this was, I'm like, this is the same thing. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to scale it. We're going to take it to the market. And there's going to be some people that are not really going to, it's either it's adapt to it, you know, because this is the old way of doing it, or it here's the new way of doing it. And so, um, you know, it gets a little, you, know, you hear all the things about it, it gets a little bloody. <laughs> it gets, you know, you're the first guy up the hill. You're going to take the arrows. For sure. Um, because you're bringing change. And respectfully, you know, you're, you're bringing great change that affects people in the other way, the guys who own the bigger companies. And it's not that we're looking to do that, but I can look at those 250 plus customers and say, I know that we did the right thing. You know, so um, that, that's to me is, is, is the driver of when I said you take a magic wand and you create it, 
create a company so that when I was in the, in the sales side, corporate, it would be a win for the sales rep, a win for the homeowner, and a win for the company. I said, hey, it's a, always a W3. If we can make decisions that it's a win-win-win, then we do it. If it's only a win for the sales rep and the homeowner, but not for the company, we don't do it. And so when I created this company, it was, hey, it's going to be a win for the roofing company that does the install work. It's going to be a win for the dumpster company that's bringing the dumpster. Obviously, it's a win for the homeowner. They're the ones sitting at the table now when most of the time I would say that they didn't win. Did they get quality work? Sure. Did they get a great installation? Sure. And a nice roof? Sure. It's Did they win from the dollar, what they paid for? And so the synergies that when I created this, it was to be certain that those in our preferred roofing network, they're winning. Um, the dumpster companies, um, they're winning and everyone involved is winning and we create wins across the board. You know, at that point, it was like, now I got to launch it. Right. <laughs> and see if I can really deliver. Right. <laughs> Great concept, Mike, but can you really do it? For sure. Well, that, let's touch on that then, because a lot of the people listening, they're either thinking about getting into business, they're already in the business, maybe they're earlier on. And I think it's very helpful to hear other people's stories in terms of what the challenges were as they got things up and running. And because I think so many people, it's very easy to, for people to share the rosy side of things, the good and how things are awesome. And once you get to the other side, it's amazing. And there's rainbows and unicorns and everything's awesome. And you're frolicking around. But I think I think what people really want to hear is they don't want they want to hear like the no BS. This is how hard it's going to be. You know, yeah, I want the good, but I already know the good. I know how awesome it can be. But tell me about the the ugly. Tell me about the bad, and tell me I want the whole picture, not just like yeah. the good. So, can you talk to, the, to us a little bit about what was that like when you decided this is what I have to do? This is what my heart is telling me to do. I see the problem. I also am visualizing a solution. Now I have to start putting this into action. What did that look like? What were you doing to materialize it? What are some of the issues you faced? What's the story behind all that? If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button. And make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. Yeah, so that's a great question. So there's a lot of things that come to mind when you know you 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 ask that question. And so, you know. To start out, one, I just had to make an investment in myself. Um, I have investments. We all have investments. But I said, you know what? If I'm going to continue to go out and invest, you know, who better than to trust myself? And that's a big learning piece for everyone to kind of sit back and say, I'm going to invest in myself. That was number one. Then it was, of course, you have to get this up and running. So I had to make certain that I had some capital of my own investing in myself to get this up and running. And then sometimes I had to also step back from it and take outside the, those those key people that I have in my life because you get so close to the forest, you can't see the tree and you don't really recognize that you're so stuck on the dot. You got to back up and you got to open up, even though it's your baby, you got to open up and let others say, hey, did you think about X, Y, and Z? Maybe you're missing this. And sometimes you get a little defensive because you don't know what I know. Of course. Right? Because it's your baby. But you really got to take a look at it and say, hey, maybe there is some truth to that. Maybe I'm... And so there was a lot of pivoting in that first year 
from where we are today to back then, man, it's, I mean, it's almost like a, a, a 180 complete flip of what we do now. Um, you know, so it's the discipline and it's the long hours. I mean, it's seven days a week. It's, you know, 10 o'clock at night getting text messages and phone calls and taking them or not knowing the number that's calling and you're answering it because who knows who, who it may be. Um, and it was just being committed to it that no matter what, it wasn't about like, it's not about the money. And I think what I've learned over the years is so many people get focused on the money that you, they, they lose sight of the cause and what you're doing. And when you start to focus on that and just say, the money will come, let me go do X. You know, one of my mentors, when I was in the fitness industry, you know, I was a guy in my young 30s and it was, pay me and then I'll go do it. And he's like, Mike, go out and chop down all the wood and then sit in front of the fireplace for a long time and let all that heat come. And that was, that was the light bulb. Hey, load me up. I trust in myself. I trust in the organization that the money will come. And, um, and so I think that when you're focused on the one, it's almost like it eludes you. But when you focus on the work and the discipline, and so I stay focused on that. I stay focused on how do I create a better experience, getting feedback from customers, uh, long hours, um, not taking any money and being able to self-sustain myself because you just, you know, you're not taking any dollar from the company. Every dollar you get, you're investing it back in. Um, and of course that comes with having a plan and, you know, what that plan looks like in 12 months and 24 months. Um, and, and knowing no matter what, what that vision is of your company, that's where you're going and not taking your eye off it. Yeah. You can zig and zag. There's going to be some roads that you're going to have to zig and zag through. But, you know, for me too, Christian, I would say that it wasn't until midsummer of 21 was when I had customers calling me and saying, Hey, what are you going to do with this? Like your, your process is pretty cool. And I wasn't even really truly thinking of franchising. I just knew what we were, where we were going and what we were doing. And then we were just two people, me and my operations manager. Um, and then I started to get other phone calls from other customers. I would get phone calls from sales organizations trying to sell me something. And they would call me back and they're like, you know what you have? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I wasn't even thinking that. So that's where then it started to have more conversations about, hey, well, let me check into this franchising thing and so on and so forth. But I hope that I was able to answer your question um, a little bit about how much goes into it in the beginning. You want to start a business. How committed are you? Who's going to win at the business? Your why? Why are you doing it? And if that why can't keep you up every single night, day in and day out, month in and month out, maybe that's not your passion, you know? Um, and so, you know, we, we hear a lot about it today. We hear a lot about passion and if, if that drives you. Um, and I can tell you that that is so true because that's what has driven me this entire time. I love that. Well, there's a couple of things you said there that really I resonated with a ton because I think that if you if you choose to pursue providing value and being the best at your craft and really serving, then you will get the money will come, like you said. But if you only chase the money or you chase the money first, 
then you're going to likely end up with neither. You might get some money up front, but long-term, you're, you're likely not going to succeed because if, if money is the number one priority, your shirts, you're shortcutting things, you're uh, you're taking shortcuts, you're uh, maybe aren't treating people the right way. Because if you're putting, if your values are money over people, then you're definitely not going to be treating your employees the right way. You're not going to retain them. Your customers are not going to want to work with you. The experience is not going to be great. And so, yeah, you might make some money up front, but long-term, you're not going to keep anything. So I think that that's just spot on. And I think, again, yeah, having a plan, being committed, knowing your why. Uh, what is it? I, I've heard people say, you know, your why should make you cry. And it should be something that, um, yeah, you know, comes you know, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, so, and you talked about passion a little bit and we can get into, you know, the franchising conversation too, but I'm curious about, um, you know, cause most people, they think, I mean, how could you get passionate about roofing? And so it's less about that. And we talked about it a little bit, but if you could talk about it a little bit more, I mean, the passion isn't about the roofing per se, but it's about the change you're making. It sounds like, and the impact you're making. Um, but what else are you passionate about within the, within the roofing industry and how long did it take you to develop that passion? So, um, so I've always loved, uh, I've always loved the world of sales. You know, I've always loved it. I've been able to help many change their lives in the world of sales, going from renting homes to buying brand new homes to providing for their families. And so selling has always been great uh, because I've, I've seen how it's affected and changed many people's lives. So I've always been passionate with that. With the roof resource, I've removed sales because the 800 pound elephant's gone, the processes are there. And so, but what it's able to let me do though, is go to an industry that is so respectfully archaic and go to them and say, I have something for you. Like you can, you can join us, you can be part of it and you can still win and it's faster, quicker, better. And look how this is going to make you feel. I mean, it's really about someone who resonates and, and today we get phone calls across the country from people that have looked at the website, they see what we're doing, and they believe in that core value of doing right by the homeowner. And, you know, so that's what drives me because it's like when you know that you've got something that's great for someone, you want to be able to deliver, you want to be able to take it to them. You want to be able to provide them. It's a, it's a lifestyle change, right? But you also want to be able to go to them and say, this can make it better, faster, quicker for you. Because in that industry, pretty much it's like dad passed it down to the son and the son passed it down. And it's the same kind of cadence. And everyone goes to these sales conferences and they're paying people, how do I knock at the door? And how do I create influence to create trust? And all of that stuff just goes away. You don't need that. That's the stuff that I'm so passionate about to, to be able to just, I want to enlighten you so that now you know. And at that point, that's the reason why we've said now, Krishna, that we don't sell roofs. This is a service. We empower you with this information and we empower those who want to potentially partner with us or future franchisees. We want to empower you with that information. And at that point, then it's your call. Like we're not selling anything anymore here. And so to me, that's where all that passion comes when I talk to that homeowner or I'm talking to a vendor, a partner, and they see what we're doing and they just want to be part of it. Because what we what you're doing in that community is 
so incredible with all these stories that I've heard with homeowners and what they're able to do with this other money. So the other driver for me, Christian, is not about, hey, I want to have two or 300 of these locations all nationwide. It's because right now there's homeowners when people watch this and they go down the street and the roof is loaded. That means that they signed a contract and someone's going to come install that home. I know that they probably spent three to 5,000 more if we were not in that community. So that drive for me is to get the brand into those communities to serve those homeowners to know what they don't know today. Absolutely. It's funny because, you know, I've, I, I consider myself not so much a salesperson these days, but more of a consultant. But I've been the sales guy. I've knocked on doors, cold called. I've done all that stuff. And it takes a lot of grit to do that. And I've always found for the most part, this is why I think you have a ton of credibility because usually it's the people that don't understand sales or they're more sales averse that are thinking, oh, that's archaic and those ways don't work anymore. And I think they still do work in many ways. I mean, clearly they do, but I give you a lot of credibility because you're a sales guy or a sales manager. You build sales teams who understands how this stuff works. And if you're saying it, that has a lot more that carries a lot more water and weight with me than somebody that's maybe like an operations person or like they're they're the marketing person, but they've never really been out there on the front lines actually engaging with the end user. So I think that if you're saying it and you're you are the salesperson or the sales manager and you built the sales teams, then I think that you know people should pay attention. I think that more and more business is trending that way. More and more people, if they have the ability to avoid dealing with a quote unquote salesperson, they would take that option. And I think that business will continue to trend that direction for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the franchise model then. Like, how is that going to work? What is the owner going to be doing? Who do you want as the owner? I mean, I know you're still very early on, obviously, but you know, what can you tell us there? So, um, so obviously we're in the midst of this FDD. And so we're just about right. to land that and register with the state of Michigan. But, you know, I can tell you today that we've had teachers police officers, existing roofing companies, existing home inspection companies, home improvement owners, um, marketing and sales guys, um, people do do marketing for roofing companies. Hmm. Um, uh, and and um, that just happens every week. Someone's reaching out, hey, you know what, I've heard about you and I'm in Tennessee. We want to be part of that network and we want to do the, the, the work for you guys. To, I've heard about it as soon as you are, uh, are ready. Uh, we want to sit down. So because it's, it, this is more, it's a lifestyle change, right? Um, it's, I have been doing this for the last two years and I've been, you know, on the beaches down in Panama in Florida and sitting on my balcony, talking to a customer, said taking care of their roof. Um, we've onboarded them. I've been in the Hills of Tennessee. Uh, my operations manager goes and she just, she camps and they, you know, got her fifth wheel and, She's handling the operation side. So on the business side, if it's you've got internet and laptop, you can do this anywhere. You don't physically have to be in that area. Um, so, so who can this be for? I, I don't want to cast this wide net that it's for everyone sure. because you, you do have to have the discipline. You do have to have that drive. We want them to see what the mission is of the company and to know that, hey, we want to be part of that. We want to bring great change to our community. Um, you know, so it attracts a lot of existing roofing companies. Um, and the reason for that is in the roofing world, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a cash flow business. It's 
sell a customer, get a third down, pay down some receivables at the build house, and it's it's cash flow and pay your workers and so on and so forth. So our model removes all of it, just completely gone. And and so um, there's been a lot of interest, and um, we're excited about um, these next couple of months and what we'll be able to do here in Michigan. So I think it's super exciting, man. I'm I'm really excited for you excited to see you know how, how you guys grow and start to see you guys all over the country making a big impact I, I guess a good way to wrap up would be you know what are some pieces of advice one piece of advice or maybe a handful of little mini golden nuggets that you can leave the audience with in terms of if they're thinking about buying a business or if they're very early on in their business journey you know what are some golden nuggets you can provide to them so that they can succeed get or, or get into the right business maybe it's a book or some kind of resource they should be paying attention to whatever you want to leave us with I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you uh, have the floor. Well, um, I would say that because of where I was at, I only can speak from my, you know, my personal experience. That's really something that resonates with you. It really comes down to what is it that they want to do and spend their time doing it? Because we all have the same amount of time every day. We want to be able to have balance in our life. We want to spend time with our loved ones and our family and friends and still have balance. Do you want to, you know, buy a job or do you want to buy something that you feel good about? Um, And when you wake up, you don't wake up and go to work. You wake up and you do what you love. So it doesn't feel like work. And so when you're looking to buy that business or get involved in something, that would be the very first thing that I would, I would want to, see if I could shadow it. I would want to explore it as much as possible. And is it resonating with me? Because, you know, we're, we're all humans and feelings mean everything. And so if it's, you know, you ever meet someone, you talk to them and you just get this vibe from them. We feel it and you will feel like this is something really good for you. And, you know, I was just talking to a gentleman who owns five crumble you know, franchises. And we, we was talking about, we were talking about the roof resource and he does some other things and he's definitely intrigued about it, but we just kind of vibed on the phone. It was just, you know, we just kind of were, it just was picking up and everyone I think should start there, start with what interests them. Don't go into it thinking, Hey, what's my ROI? How much to get in and what am I going to make? You know, um, then, you know, again, if that's your motivation, if you're truly, you know, you've got a lot of wealth and you're just looking for your return on investment. But if you're looking at something else differently, a lifestyle change, that's really where you need to to look. And and you can, and you guys know too, there's a lot of the franchise um, uh, meetings that they have and people can go explore. There's, there's so many things that are out there. So, um, but I would start with themselves because you start going to books and you start listening to podcasts, you know, sometimes it's like you're, you're getting convinced in a way. Right. You're getting fed. Oh, that, right. You're getting fed. It's like really take some time, you know, for yourself to really see what you want to do. So I, yeah. I don't know if that's a nugget or if that's a stone. <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a stone. I mean, in, in a good way, like I think that's, a, that's an amazing, that's an amazing piece of advice. Cause I think something I'll wrap up by saying this, something an old mentor of mine told me was, you need to be doing something that you, if you're at a cocktail party somewhere and you're talking to somebody, whether it's a friend, family member, or even someone you've never met before, you can get excited about what you're sharing. When, when somebody asks you, what do you do, Mike? What do you do, Christian? You can say, 
I do this. You can confidently, proudly proclaim it. This is what I do. I'm proud of what I do. Here's why I'm proud. Here's why I'm excited. And you have that passion and energy behind you. If you can feel that way, and, and the business could be anything. The widget, I think, is less important as as the feeling. Right. And yeah, I'm, no one's no one's here saying don't calculate your ROI and don't consider that. But like the first thing is you need to figure out, can I be proud of what I'm doing? And can I get excited about it? And almost to the point where, you know, I, I say don't do this, but, you know, but to the point where you almost want to start word vomiting on people because you just can't contain your excitement. Right. You're like a ball of energy that wants to explode. Right. And, and I think that that is, that is the thing that, that people need to find before they, you know, start thinking about like, what is the industry or how much money can I make? Again, all important stuff. But at the end of the day, I think what you said is just so spot on. Mm -hmm. Figure out what it is that's going to give you that feeling and give you that sense of purpose. Because I think a lot of people in life, they think happiness is being able to just be on a beach, not have to work, not have to answer to anybody, not have zero responsibilities. I think at the end of the day, what happiness really is, is purpose. And seems like you found it, Mike. It seems like you're, you guys are just getting started. Really excited to see where it goes, but um, love, love, love the conversation here today. And thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thank you, Christian. And of course, Dan, I really appreciate, like I said, humbled to be, to be on this with you. And I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and uh, subscribe. Make sure to leave us a review, share it with your friends. We are definitely looking to uh, grow the, the podcast and reach more people and teach them about entrepreneurship and how to win through franchising. So thanks so much for hopping on and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com.